On today's episode of Senior Quotes, we blur the lines between sports and politics and get into it on all aspects of the field. Let's get into it. What's up, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Senior Quote Sports Podcast, brought to you here at WZBC Sports. I'm your host, Aiden Broderick, joined, as always, by Jack Coleman. Jack, how you doing today? I'm doing awesome, and Senior Quotes is doing awesome. We were off last week because of fall break. I forgot that this is over here. Hey, it's good. Grab my mic. We're good? Okay, cool. Um, But yeah. Very exciting week. We're back with another new episode. We just had an exclusive interview with BC alum, former WZBC member, WVBC right. back then. Right. As he corrected As us. he always will correct us. <laughs> uh, Mr. Bob Ryan of the Boston Globe. He was a beat reporter for the Boston Celtics. We have that interview coming to you guys soon, so stay tuned on our podcast page. That'll be up soon. And also, we're doing a hockey game Friday. <laughs> we're doing a hockey we're game. We're doing a hockey I, game. We will be there and doing it. We are not sure how that will go. If you are fans of this show, we don't usually talk hockey, so this should be fun. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a blast regardless. It's on FM radio, so we're getting the big call here. I don't know why they're trusting us with that one, but it'll be BC versus Providence. So shout out to Jack Butterfield, Ryan Murphy, and of course, Ian Broderick, uh, who are all there and will be rooting against us. But hopefully they can tune in and hear our beautiful voices and listen to us try to figure out how to call a hockey game. It'll be fun. fun. It's going to be a learning experience for everybody. For Um, sure. We'll keep you guys uh, invested in the game and uh, just entertained in general as we usually do. So it'll be fun, but today we've got the usual episode. Um, we're a little bit late to get off um, here live. You know, it's 7.10. We were running a little late. The uh, last show kind of ran a little over, but we're good. We'll still get you guys 50 awesome minutes of content. And uh, as as usual, I feel like now, we're going to let Jack start with whatever he's got first. Yeah. Okay, I think because I have two NBA quotes, I'm going to save them, and we're going to start off with a little football. Okay. Football is right around that midway point, right? Uh, if not a little. Close. Yeah. I believe this is week seven. Week seven right now. I'm also getting mixed up with weeks because of playing so many different Madden leagues. I'm forgetting <laughs> what actual week in real football it is, but big football weekend And to start us off, my first quote is going to be in relation to one of the games that just occurred. All right. So, it is I see ghosts out there. Um, This was awesome. Uh, This is Sam Darnold during the Jets-Pats game because of how crazy good the Pats defense was. And this is like a live, like, like, mic'd up quote during, like, the third quarter. This was an awesome... Thing. We'll, we'll get into it, but first, is that correct? That is completely correct. Let's go. And, and you got the context, too, <laughs> yeah. so full point. I knew it was a bit of a softball quote, but I had to start us off with it because I have a flaming hot take Uh-oh. for this quote, and I'm going to give myself a little drum roll. Oh. But Sam Darnold got mono from Manti Teo's girlfriend. <laughs> He's seeing ghosts, <laughs> and that is how it happened. You heard it here fo- first. Folks, <laughs> and that is it. Boom! Hot take of the week. Yeah, I'm. No one's topping that one. But uh, I would like to see anyone on ESPN or any other sports media make that claim. But I'm gonna do it first. 
Sam Darnold is dating Manta Teo's girlfriend. He's seeing ghosts. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, I mean, I'm speechless, but I'll try to come up with something else to talk about here. The Pats look unstoppable, but something I want to bring up is the fact that they've only played one team that through Week 7 has more than two wins. That was the Buffalo Bills, and while it was in Buffalo, they struggled against Josh Allen, who did not have a passing touchdown. I just want to point out that Daniel Jones is the only quarterback through seven weeks to have a passing touchdown against the Patriots. That pass D is very legit. But, yeah, I... They're very, very good. They're very legit, but let's think about who they've played, and then let's say, are the Patriots as a whole legit? Because they always are. It's always Bill Belichick, but Mm -hmm. Brady's slowing down a bit, and they did just acquire Muhammad Sanu. They're going to get Josh Gordon and then Keel Harry back. And that was initially the quote I was leaning towards was a Sanu quote. But I want to get my hot take in there. Sure, talk about I'm so glad real quick did. before we get into the Pats. It, like we can just talk about how bad the Jets looked. That was an awful game. Darnold looked bad, and the quote itself. There's some controversy around it because NFL Films, a rep, said it was okay to air that when the Pats did not, or excuse me, the Jets did not want that aired. I think it's rough because now Darnold is associated with that quote. As a young quarterback, your franchise guy, that will always be tied to him now, Mm -hmm. playing the Pats, and that's a rough look. Also, um, I don't know if, what was it? It was the week one game? Maybe it was when they were supposed to play the Browns. Whenever the Jets were, were supposed to play the Browns, Darnold was actually supposed to be mic'd up for that game, and it got moved to this one since he had mono from Mount Titeo's girlfriend. And since he had mono, it got moved to this one, and I don't think there was any set agreement or something on if his quotes could be used or whatever. Okay. Someone messed up along okay. the way, and this got out. So it's a rough look for Darnold. It's a rough look on ESPN and NFL Films. Obviously, this is, again, we've talked about before, and we talk in private about ESPN kind of fueling their own fire. And with the Monday night game, NFL Films being owned by ESPN and ESPN having journalists all day today go over that quote, it seems like it's just further fueling their own media, which is kind of a crappy thing to do. Yeah. Um, it's At the expense of a young guy like Darnold. It's a good point, and I mean... I think we'll get into some players in the NBA as well uh, as we move forward today uh, that ESPN is really heavily marketing and just trying to get more viewership for their national TV games. This is something that they do and sports media does as a whole in every sport. So it, it will come at the cost of some players who don't look so great on the biggest stage. And that's what happened to Donald last night. I mean, you get shut out on national television, on ESPN, the flagship network, you know. It hurts, and it's tough to come back from. But remember that just two weeks ago, he just a week ago, he tore apart the Dallas defense, and they destroyed the Cowboys, and no one really expected to see that either. So it's been a weird NFL season, something we were saying a lot last year too, where you just aren't really sure who's going to win, except for the Patriots right now. But let's see what happens when the Pats have a tough opponent. And to be fair, they don't have that many. I mean, this is a schedule that they can go 16-0 and with, even though Brady's starting to slow down and look older on the field. So that's and something scary. That's another thing is I, Schefter released a statement this morning or an article this morning saying how it looks like it may be Brady's last year, w- at least with the Pats, because he sold his Boston house, moved to Connecticut, mm-hmm. and the, uh, he did have a contract extension recently, but part of that was that he would be able to leave. Right. I'm thinking if the way that this is working so far this season where – you're seeing guys like Antonio Brown and now Sanu. They're going heavy on receivers. They're ensuring that there's enough offense around 
Brady. I was thinking even maybe an A.J. Green or an Eifert potentially from the Bengals. A.J. Green doesn't seem likely anymore with the addition of Sanu, but maybe Eifert still locked down that tight end position. It looks like they're bolstering Brady's offense Mm. to ensure a Super Bowl win and Brady can go out on top. I'm really thinking this might be Brady's last year. I agree with you. Um, that is certainly possible. I can't. I won't say for sure that I know that Tom Brady's going to retire because I feel like we've said that for years now and it's never happened. But it, it seems more possible than ever. And if they go out on top, I think it's almost guaranteed. Uh, but I don't know if this is the year they go out on top, which is crazy to say considering they're 7-0 now, I believe. I don't think they've had a bye week yet. So we'll see how they do on short rest. They just played a Monday night game and now they're back on Sunday. So... It'll be interesting, but they're on a roll. I mean, Brady, Brady's only blemish of this year so far, besides obviously declining with age, mm. is the recent news. Have you heard about this where he was on the new Netflix series, I think it's Living With Myself or something, okay. with Paul Rudd, okay. where Brady makes a cameo, and he's basically going into an Asian um, parlor, mm. <laughs> which has some bad connotations in relation to craft. Right. And Paul Rudd, I guess, says something like, uh, how many times have you been here? And Brady mm-hmm. goes six, which is kind of funny. Right. But, <laughs> like, that's a rough look. Like, I don't know how that's allowed. Uh, Brady is apparently saying that he didn't know the context. It was right. just a green screen. Right. But that's something your team should, like, look into before it's released yeah. on a mass service like Netflix. That's true. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I think he may have just been kind of saving face now. And really, he was just taking a funny look. I, yeah. I like it. So I, I like that Brady did this. I think it shows some character, and he's actually, like, a funny guy it's for Brady, once. He's yeah. he's a little weird normally to me. <laughs> and, like, this is, like, actually something kind of funny yeah. and I can get behind. Is like, oh, all I right, mean, the like, word. making fun of it. It's a weird situation, yeah. but, like, yeah, I don't know. The worst case is he, he did mean to take a little jab, which I think Paul Rudd and Netflix did, and I like that a lot as well. But Brady's self-aware. I think he maybe found something funny there. And... Worst case, it's Tom Brady. Like, what are you going to do about it? Yeah, like, you're the, you're really the Patriots. Can. He's gotten you. There have been rings. quarterbacks that have done a lot worse <laughs> yeah. than this. Like, yeah. So Favre had some stuff leaked. Uh, oh Michael Vick. Like, yeah. there's names that we can go on. There rough, rough, rough looks for other quarterbacks, but rough like uh, Mike Vick. Like, rough, Ooh, like yeah. too all soon, right. Too so soon, too we're going to move <laughs> on to uh, the next quote. And don't look at your phone because this literally just came in. Oh, great. Three minutes ago. Great. No, 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 no. But you will. It's just a new quote came okay. in from Bleacher okay. Report. Yeah. Straight off of the notification here. I'm not even opening the article. Okay. Uh, NFL, just tell me who said it, what's, what it's about. Um, I know I won't miss another training camp again. I can tell you that. I won't miss another training camp again. So context there is somebody held out and yeah. was already um, ready. Yeah, I'm thinking of Melvin Gordon. That's my immediate first reaction. So. And I mean, after seeing what he did at the end of la- or last Sunday's game, you're certainly correct because he just does not look in shape. He does not look ready to play football and score touchdowns when they need him the most. And he fumbles on the goal line in the last seconds of the game against the Titans. And Ryan Tannehill pulls off the upset against the Chargers who fall to, I believe, 2-5. and five. Crazy. And, I mean, Pat and uh, a lot of the guys in our room have been saying, it seems like the Chargers are always playing from behind. As, as 60 minutes is coming up and that ad's coming up as the game's about to end and Rivers is down seven and he needs to get that game-winning drive, this year he just hasn't been able to finish that. You and know? I think we should remember that you know Phil, uh, Phillip Rivers is on the same timeline as Eli, mm-hmm. and this is what we were looking at Eli for all of last year, that game-winning drive and not yeah. being able to do it. I think it's just Phillip Rivers getting that, to that age where he just can't pull it off anymore. Yeah. And 
I think I'm okay with Eckler being the guy, even looking at this weekend when Gordon was playing. Yeah. Fantasy-wise, I'm pretty sure Eckler had around 24, 26 points, he, and yeah. uh, Gordon only finished with nine, I believe. So right. I really I think you should try and get some trade value out of Melvin Gordon at this point and just ride with Eckler. He's proven he can be fairly efficient, and worst-case scenario, he winds up with a slower season next year like James Conner who can still get the job done. Yeah. I, I think it's okay. At the same time, though, both Melvin Gordon's trade value and his individual contract value are both just dipping fast right now because he can't prove that he's the same guy we've seen in the past couple of years. And it's just so many running backs seem to be replaceable right now, like where you can even look at the Giants who, of course, you can't replace Saquon Barkley, but Wayne Gallman comes in and the one game he didn't get hurt, he scored, I think, a two-touchdown game. It's just, I don't think running backs are very valuable, uh, which sucks to say as a Giants fan because from the get-go, the biggest criticism of the Saquon Barkley pick was you don't take a, uh, a running back that high. Um, so it's going to hurt when we're paying him more than anyone, and I, I don't want this to become another Giants conversation, but in general, this is just going to hurt Melvin Gordon, who I think could have gotten a big contract this year like Zeke did had he not held out, had he just said, I want to get this contract now. But instead, he didn't want to play on the franchise tag. Eckler breaks out. I mean, Eckler almost scored a touchdown uh, mm-hmm. to save that game, but it was overturned, which set up for Gordon being stopped twice and then fumbling on, I guess, the third carry or maybe the second. Um, but, yeah, I, I just think the running back's value to teams is – plummeting it's at an all-time low and this is just it was a bad decision from the get-go for Gordon yeah it definitely for Gordon I I also think it's a very bad decision on the Chargers organization I don't think you when you have your guy Eckler doing well consistently you bring back Melvin Gordon what does that say to a guy like Eckler who's worked his way up mm-hmm. and earned the job and done everything right I think they should have stuck with him if I'm Eckler I'm feeling a little salty at that yeah uh Gordon sure like he his Stock is declining, is, is, is going down. Right. But at the same time, like the Chargers could have got way more for him if they didn't play him. Mm-hmm. So now it's on them too. It's Gordon and the Chargers both, I think, messed up equally. And Eckler suffered a little bit for it too. I don't think it's yeah. it's right or fair. And then to counter that also with the running back point, I think guys like Saquon, McCaffrey, Zeke, I really think those are the three that are only the top guys just based upon pure athleticism and performance Mm -hmm. that I'm okay taking with those picks. I understand that running backs are disposable and you can switch them out. But to me, I think those guys open up a lot more of the game. And yes, you can have someone hop in on the Giants and put up the same amount of touchdowns. But to ensure a game is closer, I think it's those guys that are that extra edge that give the quarterback some breathing room and some extra offensive decisions to make. No, I totally agree with that. I mean, there's something to be said about that. It's not game-breaking, but it's game-changing ability that those running backs have. Um, But on the flip side, I mean, you you did name three running backs who were all picked in the top ten, maybe even the top five. I'd have to check McCaffrey, but I know Zeke and Saquon both were. Um, But then I can name you guys like Leonard Fournette, who was picked, I believe, eighth overall, maybe even earlier, and he hasn't really lived up to that. You've seen other running backs take his production when he gets hurt, which is another problem with running backs is their careers are so short, you don't want to take them so high. You'd rather fill in that gap and take someone with more longevity. It's a tough one because we were just talking about Sam Darnold. The Giants could have taken him number two. We thought they might. We thought they might take Josh Rosen, but maybe we're happy that they both passed on both of those guys instead taking Saquon. So 
It's a lot, and it's looking into I'm the past. Right. I'm, I, I'm, I I'm, cont- I'm content with yeah. where the team is at right now. This is about well, what I <laughs> no. This is about what I expected at true. this stage of the game. I think there's a couple more defensive pieces we need, and our offense has been riddled with injuries all year. I think that in another year or so, we're gonna get to a spot that'll be fairly decent. And Daniel Jones well, yeah. is our guy for the future. I've liked what I've seen out of him so far. I think he's been better than a lot of those quarterbacks from the Saquon draft class. Mm-hmm. I'm perfectly okay with how this is going. We've turned this into a Giants conversation. We always do. But real quick, I actually want to bring this up in the last segment, okay. but I kind of have my Super Bowl envisioned right now. Yeah, it's a good time to drop that. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to I'm going to say Pats are in it again. Okay. I think that's just a definite every year. Around this point, too, you just kind of have to ride with the Pats being there. And then I'm saying out of the NFC, I'm thinking either – the Saints, okay. I think the Saints have a real chance, and then potentially Breeze coming back, right. playing against Brady in that Super Bowl, or and I, I think if that happens, whoever wins that, mm, I don't know. I think Breeze retires if he makes it there, regardless. Yeah, and then or I could see Rodgers playing in that Super Bowl. Well, I was, and yeah. I think Rodgers would beat Brady. I think Brady could potentially beat the Saints, but I don't think that he would be able to take down. Uh, Rodgers and the Packers. I think the Packers have a great D this year, too. I mean, I was about to say, because I haven't really thought about this yet, but I think I have my prediction as well. Um, I'll start with the NFC. Uh, Teams I like, the Saints for sure. I love the 49ers, but Jimmy G has almost been hurting the team, or he hasn't been good enough. He's been good enough to win, but not good enough for me to say they're a Super Bowl contender, but they're undefeated. We'll probably see them in the playoffs. Um, especially with the Rams struggling. And they, d- they did just pick up Emmanuel Sanders as well, as well up. as McGlinchey recently. Yeah, and they, they have, they've been missing Joe Staley and Joe Mike Staley. McGlinchey. Yes. Uh, always, always mess his name up, but two awesome linemen. I mean, Joe Staley, arguably the best left tackle in the game right now. So that's huge, and hopefully that helps him in the passing game. I just don't think the Niners are a passing team. And sure, they just played in the pouring rain against the Redskins. How about that Nick Bosa sliding celebration awesome. at the end of the game? Love so Nick awesome. Bosa. Um but not to get too off track, I like the Niners. I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl, though. I like the Saints. I don't think they're going to win it. I just think Drew Brees, the injury threw him off his game a little bit. And while he might come back and just hit his stride, I also think the Packers are the team to beat in the yeah. NFC, especially after this week. So I'm going to take them. And obviously I'm also going to shout out teams like Chiefs, Ravens. I like both of them in the playoffs. Well, don't get ahead of me here <laughs> because in the AFC, I-, I love the Ravens, and I think the Pats are a safe bet. But I'm feeling our Team of Destiny vibes from the Chiefs when Mahomes gets back from his injury. Mm. They need to keep, uh, like, above water, basically. You know, they uh, I just want to see them go 500 with Matt Moore for a, however long Mahomes is out. And I don't want Mahomes to rush back, but I think he's the kind of player that will. But I also think he's the kind of player that can get through it. Because I think he's been playing hurt all year. Yeah. I, I don't think this is a new injury at all. And. I- I would love the Pats-Chiefs game again. Last year, that was probably game of the year. Oh, yeah. That game was incredible compared to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, we had last year was Saints-Rams as well, which was a great game up Mm. until the controversial Rams hit. Roby Coleman getting the uh, penalty. Um, It's not a real Coleman. Well, yeah. His last name is like Roby Coleman. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's a hyphen. It's not not the same. same. No, not at all. Uh, He's only half that. Uh, But, yeah, so I'm going to go with Chiefs-Packers. And if I had to pick a winner... I just feel like Mahomes is going to get there. I want to say Chiefs. I'm I'm going to say Pats, Packers, Packers win it. Okay. All right, cool. 
Write those down as our midseason predictions. And we Place also uh, shout out to John Houston, who we do want to get on the show soon. Our friend John, who can talk football longer than we can even. So maybe a little midseason uh, update kind of show next week or two weeks from yeah. now. So we'll get there. But let's move on to your second quote. Or right. second segment. I'm yeah, transitioning to the NBA. Okay. I'm going to give you... A quote, but this is going to be a glass half full, but you're going to have to try and get the quote first. Okay, cool. Uh, So we have a deep team. We'll hold it down as best we can without him. Obviously, we need him back, and hopefully he takes his time and recovers fully. I think you're going to get who it's about. Totally. I don't think you'll get who said it. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) I was also hoping to get a quote in about Zion Williamson. Um, I'll give you a hint. It's a new player on that. I had a guess, I had, but I don't think it's right because okay. there's so many new players. Okay. But my instinct was Lonzo Ball. Not Lonzo Ball. It's Brandon Ingram? No. Wow, okay. It's J.J. Redick, oh, which, is, which is like very sense. stretch, but like that was the only like, no, I like that. good quote I yeah. could find about Zion. Sure. And, and it just happened to be J.J. Redick, who I actually am a J.J. Redick guy. He's a good guy. He's a podcast guy. He's a, he's a Duke guy, but he is a podcast guy. So podcast guy, cross cancels, PEMDAS. J.J. Yeah. Redick <laughs> is cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so... Obviously, NBA starts tonight. I don't even know what the first game of it's the Pels, season. Pels Raptors. So that's rough. And then, yeah. <laughs> so and then no Lakers Kawhi, no Zion for either of those True. games. Like that's I just kind of a weird matchup now. And then what's the second one? Yeah, Lakers Clippers. Lakers. Oh, oh, you're saying Kawhi's out for the Raptors? I thought you meant Kawhi was hurt. For no, the Clippers no, 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 no. Like, wow. I'm saying like right. it's just like that game last year yeah. or like. In theory, before Kawhi went to the Clippers, would have been a lot better. I just don't care about it. And this is where, when you were talking about Darnold and how ESPN pushes their own storylines mm-hmm. and they did it with Tebow and stuff like that, they've been doing it for years with Zion Williamson. And it's not it's not hard to get that storyline across where most athletic player in the NBA since, uh, since LeBron. Um, but R.J. Barrett, shout out to your guy, was yeah. the number one player coming out of high school. It wasn't yeah. Zion. They only picked him because they knew Zion's dunks were so marketable. And it was a scare when he got hurt with Duke. He was already talking to Nike about shoes, and then they put his debut as the not only one of the primetime games for NBA opening night, the first game. This yeah. is what's kicking it off is the defending champions against Zion Williamson. It's not about Lonzo. It's not about Brandon Ingram. We're going to have fun seeing those guys play tonight. But, no, this is about Zion's debut and how he was going to do against a team he probably is going to beat. You know, they have yeah. Pascal Siakam who might match up with him. Uh, I don't know how they would run that defense, but – while there's a good team in Toronto, obviously, they just won the championship. It's not the same without Kawhi, and I just think now there's nothing really to watch. There's a, the, That's not a great game. The game after is it's actually incredible. very intriguing. Yeah. And and I'm going to tune into the first one. Yeah. It's the NBA. Yeah, of course, and it's back. And it, honestly, it's all I really can look forward to now is a great yeah. NBA season after the tragedy that was the Yankees. Oh, we'll get to that. Th- that's coming later, but... Yeah, this is rough, and I think that looking at ESPN's lineup of games and the amount of Pelicans games they have further proves what we've been talking about is that they're fueling the narrative. They have seven up until Christmas Day, I believe. Yes. Seven, and he's going to be and, out for all of them. And he's out for them. all of those. <laughs> so I guess ESPN is screwing themselves by doing oh, this. Completely. And what's going to be even worse now is it's not bad enough that we would have just strictly gotten Zion content on ESPN. Mm-hmm. Now we're getting strictly injured Zion oh content. And it's already happened where yeah. I've been seeing tweets and and updates about every little <laughs> thing about Zion's injury. And I don't care. I get it. He's out. We're moving on. What I will say, though, 
is that this is great for John Morant. John Morant gets to step into the spotlight mm-hmm. as the best guy coming out of this draft, yeah. out of the top three. I fully thought from the start that John Morant would be the yeah. best guy, and now he's since Zion's out, he's going to get the limelight that RJ and Zion have been getting. And I think John Morant's really going to be a household name soon. Well, I was going to say this is really good for RJ as well because he has gotten the limelight just being at Duke, mm-hmm. but and, and the, the, there will always be coverage of Duke games. Um but a lot of that attention was for Zion. You didn't really hear about RJ. It mm-hmm. was just about how Zion's been doing. You know, there was and, the run when Zion was injured because of the shoe, and, where and RJ, RJ was awesome. and he was um, incredible. And that's <laughs> when Cam Reddish started to show a little bit too, because he was very inconsistent. So you have that big three where they would talk about like what a great freshman class. But they're focusing on Zion Williamson. I think it's great that RJ and look, this is a glass half full kind of thing, which I think oh, is true. To which get I have, to. T- yeah, I haven't yeah. really gone to yet. Right, <laughs> but it just seems like. Well, you never want to wish an injury on anyone, and I'd rather watch Zion than the Zion list Pelicans tonight. You know, even though I feel it kind of sucks to be a fan who just has to see which narratives are pushed by ESPN each year. And I've put up with the LeBron one for years. I always knew he'd end up in L.A. because that's where ESPN really works out of. Mm. Um, but at the same time, there are bright spots that come out of this because we're going to hear a lot more about the other rookies, specifically Ja and RJ. So... I'm excited to see how that goes, even as a Nets fan who's going to get to see the Knicks play them Friday night. I'm really excited for that game, too. So, Well, <laughs> here's my glass half full Let's spin on this. So first of all, as a Knicks fan, RJ getting the prime time. Love to see that. RJ's going to be looked at a little better now. Also, uh, RJ and Ja, by the time that Zion comes back, Zion has to get rid of his first official game jitters, whereas yeah. those guys will already have it done and be well on their way through their rookie season. That's right. Glass half full. Number two, <laughs> uh, we potentially get Zion while he's sitting around working on his injury. I'm calling it. Zion's going to get into Fortnite. There's oh. a brand new map and everything. Wow. There's a lot of athletes that play. I think Zion's going to be a big Fortnite guy. And, okay. <laughs> and then we get a ton of great conversation. And this is sarcastic, but it's glass half full. Right. Great conversation about how Zion's durability is like not great and why this is why LeBron is the greatest of all time. It's gonna it's literally it going to be will. the entire media. ESPN will feed ESPN. one narrative with another one that's not working out. It like oh my oh, goodness. and we're just and this probably means that LeBron is gonna have a great year. Oh. Uh, like <laughs> just somehow oh. because of this narrative now LeBron has a great year out of it. Goodness gracious. All right, yeah. Glass half full. There we go. <laughs> um I thought you were going to say Zion gets into, like, rapping or something. No, God, no. Yeah, I, I, I can't see, see him it. doing it. I, I think... I, I don't see... Maybe Ja, actually. I don't really ja, see maybe. Ja's kind of cool down in Memphis. I, oh, I, I just want to give a shout-out to not my Rookie of the Year candidate. Mm. He's a dark horse for sure because I don't think he's even a starter yet. But he could take over the job soon. Kobe White out of UNC mm. looked awesome in the preseason. Um, he's behind uh, Tomas Sadoransky at the uh, point guard position for Chicago. And this is a shout-out to Dan as well, who needs all the hope he can get with Chicago sports. I'm wearing a, the bull sweatshirt right now, but I just want to shout-out Kobe White, former Tar Heel, who has the bounce, like, looking like another Levine. Some people are already saying, and not actually, but saying glimpses of D. Rose. Mm-hmm. I really like Kobe White. I'm a little biased, but I want to see what he can do this year. I think my shout-out is going to be Carson Edwards. Cool. I think the Celtics need a catalyst player to come in and really regroup this team, recollect them. And while Kemba can be that guy, I really don't think Kemba showed any of that with the Hornets. So I think Carson Edwards is going to be the new young guy, step up, 
take a position, especially when some of these other guys are figuring out contracts and everything. I know Jalen Brown is going through that now. I think Carson Edwards is going to be the guy to step in and bring this group together. Yeah, be, be more the glue that Kemba Walker should be. If you guys have made it this far into the podcast today and you haven't yet listened to the Bob Ryan episode, we talked to him a lot about Carson Edwards and the future of the Celtics, the Celtics past, and some BC sports as well. So tune into that. That'll be up before this episode if you're listening live right now. Um, But if you uh, haven't yet, it's an awesome interview. So tune into that. So I'm going to move to MLB real quick here. Um, And it's not really about the Yankees. That's just a heads up now. We'll get into that quickly because I don't really want to draw on that too long. Um, but something that's been going on since then in baseball. Uh, not really World Series related. That's the last clue I'm going to give. Sort of. In retrospect, I realized that my comments were unprofessional and inappropriate. My over-exuberance in support of a player has been misinterpreted as a demonstration of a regressive attitude about an important social issue. I Don't need to know his name. Yeah, okay, perfect. I got basically what it is. I, was it the owner that said this? Or it's not the owner. The, it's... Another executive. I, I knew it was an executive. Um, basically, he went into the locker room post Astros win against the Yankees, mm-hmm. and he was throwing grenades at female reporters, <laughs> saying not actual grenades. No, no, <laughs> throwing these comments at female reporters about uh, Okuna. Am I saying that right? Os- Osuna, Osuna, um, about how they got him and why he's the reason why they're doing great and everything or right. ba- basically the, the reporters were very critical of the decision to bring in Acuna and oh you're thinking of well just keep going uh Roberto Osuna I'm, I'm thinking not of Ronald o- Acuna who's the I'm, best yes has no domestic violence yes 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 he does not have domestic <laughs> violence not that we know of. our pronunciation <laughs> is very off right All now good. Osuna. but Osuna um and basically, the journal, these specific journalists were very critical of the decision. And now that they, the Astros got the win, he was just kind of throwing it back in their face. And yeah. Sports Illustrated released a statement saying how they were, you know, going to stand by their reporters. And now the Astros organization is. Dude, they, they took a weird stance on yeah, it. Yeah, I, I don't even. I'll know. get into it here. They denied it happened yesterday. Yet today, the executive is apologizing and confirming that it happened. Sports Illustrated, like you said, stood by the accusations because they had three reporters in there, all female, listening. And it it, it said that the comments were directed at female reporters. I, this is the one thing I'm not really sure about. But he did say, like, thank God we got Osuna. He had such a great year. He had 38 saves leading the league, at least the American League. But he also, I believe, gave up that home run to DJ LeMahieu that kept the Yankees in the game. So it was kind of... A weird time to shout him out in the first place. It, it, you just shouldn't do it. Like it makes yeah, no it sense. Makes no you're sense coming in the off. Moment. You're coming off a win. Yep. You're going like the locker room is going to be. I mean, absolutely pissed about this move now. I, I hope because so. now they have a lot of hate against the Astros going into this next the, the actual World Series. Yeah. You're going to have a lot of national fans coming out of nowhere between this and Bryce Harper not staying with them. Everyone's going to be rooting for the Nationals now. Oh, totally. I and mean, if as, a, as a Yankees fan, too, having lost that game and then this coming out, it's just frustrating. In, in our locker room after that game, you see guys absolutely heartbroken, Judge crying. crying. Killing. It's awful. And then you get this going on on the other side. It's despicable. Yeah, and it's, it's tough to say this as well, and I'll point this out quickly, that the Yankees have a closer that also had a run-in with domestic violence, but the charges were dropped against the oldest Chapman a few years back. And we acquired him in the aftermath of that for the first time. Um, then traded him to the Cubs for Glaber, signed him back. I mean, 
Cashman's pulled off a number of moves involving Chapman. So at the same time, people don't like Chapman because he might as well have been guilty of it as well. We, we don't know. Um, but we don't hear Brian Cashman shouting out or Oldest Chapman saying, I'm, thank God we got Oldest Chapman. I mean, he's the one who lost us this game, so that's kind of funny looking at it on both sure. sides. Um, but the Astros manager, A.J. Hinch, was quoted saying basically he wasn't aware of the incident until this story came out, and he made this a thing about everyone needs to be better, not in the locker room, but across the entire industry. He made, he made it something more than just the Astros, which fine that's how you frame it but i wasn't really happy hearing that it felt like not taking complete responsibility or not really sure if it happened or not and the final detail i want to point out about this story is that one of those three female reporters was wearing a wristband in support of domestic violence um victims basically Mm. it was just a touchy subject and that's the person that was in earshot probably purposely and yeah about roberto ozuna it's just it's not the time for that. There's no real time for that. It's just stupid. It's just really stupid. Yeah. It makes no sense. There, it just, it's, it's baffling. It makes no sense. Yeah, so... It's really annoying. This isn't even the first problem that the Astros have had. Yeah, exactly. Year. Like, um, what is up with this organization? I don't know, because they're so great at turning pitchers into studs. We've seen that with a number of them, specifically Garrett Cole. Uh, but in terms of, like, off-the-field things, we've seen... They denied a specific Detroit reporter from interviewing Justin Verlander back in July, which is just not allowed. Um, Verlander didn't want to speak to that specific reporter uh, for some kind of past history, uh, maybe because he left the team in such a tough time. But regardless, you just can't do that. So the guy has to man up and just say no comment maybe when he's talking to the reporter. Uh, But long story short, you can't do that. And then there's been multiple accusations of them stealing signs or, or just trying to figure out Tipping pitches, basically, figuring out how the pitchers are revealing their pitches. There's nothing really wrong with that. I mean, it's unwritten rules where you're not supposed to, but if you pick up on, for instance, where the raised pitcher is holding his arm when he throws a specific pitch, that's great. I mean, just communicate it inside the uh, dugout, though, and just go up with that in your head. Don't whistle when you think it's going to be a fastball when you're on second base or something like that. That's where it gets a little more iffy. So yeah, a lot of murkiness here. And, and it's just wrong to be doing to the media. Both of us here are, you know, in our own right doing sports-related media stuff. Yeah. And, you know, this is the – by denying reporters and, and by doing these kind of things, I mean, it's similar to what goes on in the White House and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And, you know, when people get pressed about issues like – you know, Kaepernick and other stuff, uh, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, we need to h- hold both sides accountable and make sure that the media is allowed to fairly and accurately represent what is going on as well. It can't just be one way. We, we need to actually get on organizations' cases, in sports especially, about, you know, the fair treatment of journalism and, and, and uh, about journalists and journalism in general. Completely, yeah. I think that's a good way to close that topic specifically, but... Uh, in terms of the Yankees, we'll touch on it for like a minute max because we could both go on for hours about not only the frustration of that loss. I mean, we were just hoping to get to seven games and our hopes flew up even though we were down 4-2 when DJ LeMahieu, our one and only real bright spot from this series, hits a game-tying home run to make it 4-all, top of the ninth. But like we said, Aroldis Chapman gives up a home run to Altuve, who... I mean, again, another thing against the Astros, and I'm looking at it from a biased perspective, but some of the guys on the Astros team were a little bit 
unsportsmanlike uh, celebrating moments. I think Correa took so long to round the bases on his walk-off homer. Just go around and, you know, you are the man of the hour right now. You don't have to show off and be so cocky. That's another real unwritten rule that I think was broken there. Uh, Altuve, the reason I thought of it, is just always jumping up and down and hopping out of the dugout when someone else hits a home run. Which, again, like, great. He's so enthusiastic. It's a lot of energy, but that at least seemed a little over the top as a Yankee fan. But long story short, he's the ALCS MVP. He was clutch, and the Yankees weren't, leaving 50 runners on base throughout the six games. It was just forgetting how to hit, basically, maybe swinging for the fences a bit too much, and then our pitching needed to come up a little more clutch, which is, you know, a tough thing to ask for against a team like the Astros. But we're the ones with the powerful offense. We should be able to hang tough with them. And while they have great pitching, we showed that we could get runners on. We just couldn't drive them in. So, and I, I will say in relation to that last game, I can give my own personal little story of <laughs> how the city of Boston played me. Yeah. Once again, I, I was out and that game was on. And initially it was right when the DJ LeMahieu hit happened. And everyone, I didn't see the the play actually happen. I heard everyone start screaming, and I was like, oh, man, something must have happened because <laughs> be we're in Boston. Yeah. But no, there was a ton of Yankees fans around, and they were cheering. I was like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> then later in the game, <laughs> when Altuve hits the walk-off, <laughs> I... You're on another floor, right? You're, I'm on a different floor this time. That's a big detail here. On a different floor this time, and everyone erupts. I turn fist already raised oh, in the no. air, oh, thinking no. we sealed the dub. And no, Boston played me, and it was a ton of Red Sox fans cheering that it was over. Oh man! Screw you, city of Boston. <laughs> yeah, another one. But, but you got me. You got yeah, the best of me. So they really did. You can um, take your credit for it. Yeah, that was tough. Uh, we're looking to the off season, hoping to bring in Garrett Cole specifically, or just some kind of. Pitching. I thought you were talking about the podcast for a second. I was like, <laughs> we're done. I was yeah. like, yeah, we're bringing in Garrett Cole. Uh, <laughs> we're, Garrett Cole's gonna come on. <laughs> we're done for today, but Garrett Cole. Now uh, the season's over. Garrett Cole hopefully will be joining the Yankees, which is so getting ahead of ourselves. But that's the one guy we need to bring in. Yes. and I do expect there to be some mutual interest, but at the same time, Garrett Cole was initially drafted by the Yankees, but he's a Cali guy. And he declined the deal instead to go to UCLA. Maybe he just wasn't ready to play in the big leagues. You know, maybe he wasn't ready for his contract. He ends up getting picked earlier and, you know, goes on to this awesome career. Uh, a detail I believe Kyle pointed out to me, so shout out to Kyle, my one of the biggest Yankee fans here, um, said that he doesn't like hitting, so he doesn't want to stay mm. with the Pirates. Or That's why he didn't want to stay with the Pirates. He doesn't want to go back to the National League. Yeah. But... People think he doesn't like pitching the Bronx, doesn't want to go to the Yankees at all, as we saw initially when he declined his first rookie contract, and instead wants to go either back to L.A. with the Angels, or and they have a ton of money, they always do, yeah. or stays in Houston if they can go over the luxury tax or find a way to shed money elsewhere. So I'm, I'm going to say that he goes to the Angels. I, I think so, too. I think it makes the most sense. I think that organization is really focused on now that they have Trout Lockdown. Yeah, uh, they have I, think, I think, yeah. yeah, exactly. I think that's going to be a very prestigious organization for the next couple of years. Yeah, but we've also always said that, and they've signed so many players. Josh Hamilton comes to mind. That blew up in their Wasn't face. Wasn't Pools there, too? Pools, yeah, yeah. That just hasn't worked for them. A great, a great point. And then Let's go. Baseball point. There's a pitcher <laughs> I'm thinking of. Um, he used to pitch for the Rangers as well. I'll get it, but it was just another one that did not work for them. So yeah. this is a little different. Garrett Cole is on top of the world right now. If he brings the tips he learned in Houston to L.A., 
he should look awesome, or wherever he goes in free agency. Um, but I agree with you. I don't think the Yankees are going to be the ones that get him, but that's the guy I just have my sights set on. What about any of the Mets guys? I mean, obviously the Mets season, again, mm-hmm. as it <laughs> happens every time, they want to keep their guys, they think they can make something out of it, and then nothing ever results out of it. I think, is this the year that we get Thor or, or one of the other guys? I mean, it's so tough to say. Because they traded for Marcus Stroman when we thought they would be selling their players, and they went on a pretty solid run after they did that. It wasn't enough to make the playoffs. Um, but they refused to trade DeGrom, who I believe they have for another year. It's He's not a free agent this year. The only one who is is Zach Wheeler, who's solid. But that was one of the guys we thought we were going to get at the trade deadline, and people were like, that's not good enough. And I still feel about it that way about it now, where it's just not a good enough pickup. We need a bona fide ace. And I think we can get that, obviously, with Cole. Or if Steven Strasburg opts out of his contract, we can get that with him. I would just be worried about him being home run prone in Yankee Stadium as he's a fly ball pitcher. Um, I think you might be onto something, though, because... DeGrom, it's just every year it seems like the Mets are thinking about making the trade. And I think this is the says, year it happens, though. Yeah, because everyone's like, oh, no, they'd never give him to the Yankees, and they do feel that way. It's as if, I mean, I don't know what the real comparison would be, but it would be like the Lakers giving the Clippers a top guy. You know, it, yeah. it feels like the Mets are the younger brother, or vice versa, the Clippers giving up to the Lakers. Um, we're going to have to see here if they finally do it, though, because the Yankees have the pieces. It just might be too much of an ask. Cashman's definitely been hesitant before, especially at the deadline that cost us. So at the same time, I'd be ready for us to give it up and just go for it for once and just hope we don't get struck with the injury bug like we did this year. Uh, there are other guys we got to hope we don't lose or, or hope we figure out how to replace. I know Didi Gregorius is a free agent this year, and as much as I love him, it might be best to start trying Glaber at shortstop and put LeMahieu as our full-time second baseman. It's a lot, and we will be covering it as we go. But with 10 minutes left, we have a few more things to touch on. So I'm going to hand it back to Jack because, like I said, I can go on about yeah, this, no, this My last segment here should be fairly short. Yeah. Uh, it just came out today that Michael Jordan said <laughs> that Steph Curry is not a Hall of Famer. Can I get my hot take on Well, actually, set it up. Set up whatever you want to I'm I'm just trying to debate this. Is okay. Steph a Hall of Famer or oh, not? Wait, I just this is my hot take for the day before we get into it. Um, I was talking about this with, uh, like, my brother and just people from home. Uh, what, what if MJ is just being completely ironic and is just like, well, Steph's not a Hall of Famer yet, right? And they just phrased it really poorly. So he's completely right that Steph is not in the Hall of Fame yet. He's an active player. But, but he's, con- he's turned it into a completely controversial topic that's being talked about all over the place because he basically said... Steph is not Hall of Fame caliber, when in reality, he could have just meant Steph is still playing. He's not in the Hall yet. I, I, that's I my hot take. Honestly, I just like, put it past him. what is up with, like, the greatest of all time guys being, like, kind of weird? Like, Michael Jordan's a weird guy. Yeah, he is. What was, like, the last thing was, like, the ceiling is the roof thing. I mean, I love that quote. It's, uh, it's stupid. I love like, that it, It's great. It's a great quote, but it's just stupid. I was just watching, we were just I, watching I the, the Mitch Trubisky QB camp with John Gruden, and he brought that up. Do you, do you remember that? Yeah, he yeah, brought yeah. up the stealing of the roof, and I was like, oh my goodness, I forgot about that. But like, I, <laughs> Jordan, honestly, as much as Jordan gets all this respect, I'm not a huge Jordan guy. Neither I, am I. I'm just like, he's not that likable. He's my goat, but he's not that likable. Obviously my goat. 
I personally have liked LeBron a lot more. I think LeBron is a little more I personal. I yeah. think LeBron's fun. Also, I think he gets a little too much hate. Uh, there's some Hong Kong stuff going on right now that, rightfully so, I think people are right to critique LeBron no, I, on. I'm 100% completely agree oh, on that. Yeah. It's, it's very hypocritical of what he's doing. Uh, also, I LeBron has a lot of money at stake, so <laughs> I don't know if I was if I was in his position if I would be doing the same thing. But uh, yeah, I I don't know. Jordan's just never really done it for me. I obviously his highlights and play is cool, but he's just yeah. I'm with you on that. I well yeah. I'm not gonna say I like LeBron more solely because of his Hong Kong comments and going against Daryl Morey who's just trying to, you know, stand by... I don't even want to get into the issue, but basically equal rights, you know? Mm-hmm. And the, LeBron, the, thing, the thing is, like, I, I get that LeBron, uh, like, has stood for stuff like this in the past, but at the same time, he might actually not be allowed contractually with certain <laughs> things he's a part of. He might not be, but there's no reason to speak against it. He that's just doesn't also have to fair. speak at all about it because more than an athlete, this and that. And I used to think that's awesome. Like LeBron has his uh, I Promise school and he does all this great stuff. And the shop show where yeah. he talks about stuff. And he's real on that. At least I think he is. Yeah, he is. You he know? Is. But this really struck a chord with me because he, he, he's more concerned about the paychecks he's getting. And trust me, he is more well off than anyone. And I know for a fact this guy is responsible with his money. He could retire today and, you know, never need to work another day in his life. He, he could lose his Nike sponsorship and never work a day in his life. He's fine. But he's more concerned with saving face with brands and with his Chinese market and just with the government of China, really. Not to make this a completely political thing, but it is. You know, instead of just standing by a topic or not saying anything at all. I honestly also think that this could be... Adam Silver working this out through a player like LeBron's caliber. Because while Adam Silver has not made any real comments uh, about the Hong Kong issue, he's supported Maury and, and everything, and, and we'll leave it at that. Yeah. But I think that China is the NBA's hope. I mean, sports is dying right now. It, we talked about this the other day with, you know, people not buying cable as much and True. the only way to save leagues and sports and money is either through streams or expanding to other countries yeah and china is that big market country for the, the nba market. so you have to weigh your options and be like okay do i take a stand on an issue or do i ensure a league that will be around for however many future generations and for my kids that look to play in it that's also part of it too i it's a tough issue and there's a reason why i tried to avoid it because it's so hard but at the same time it's something to address yeah and a quote that i'm not gonna quiz you on just gonna say shaquille o'neal apparently everyone on nba on tnt is going in on this story and shaq just said quote Daryl Morey was right. Whenever you see something wrong going on anywhere in the world, you should have the right to say that's not right. That's and what I agree. he did. And I agree. Yeah. Because this is these are the same players and these are the same people that showed the same support for Colin Kaepernick and that whole issue too. So I agree. And I think you're put up on a pedestal above all these other people in society. I think you're expected to have a voice. You know, like, mm-hmm. as much as people say they don't want politics and sports to mix, like, you are a reflection of society because you are the highest people in society. There's a reason why celebrities can say what they want and start foundations and all this stuff. 
athletes should have the same right. It's it's cynical and absolutely awful to put someone in front of a mic on a weekly basis and have all this stuff going on that directly impacts their world and their children around them, yeah. and they can't speak on it. It's it's insane. Yeah, I mean, just to comment a little more directly on how Daryl Morey got involved with all this or how this started, and just the power of Twitter and social media as a whole, all he did with no words in the tweet, just a picture of the Fight for Freedom Stand with Hong Kong logo and slogan. And that just inserted the NBA into this huge heated debate over civil rights and whatnot. I mean, there was already discussions between the U.S. and China about trade and all that. And I don't know enough about politics to go further into that department. But he just did, he sent one tweet, you know, one click of a button on his phone to just support a great cause, in my opinion. And I don't want to throw senior quotes into the middle of this either. I don't think we have too much to worry about there. Uh, but I'd love it. <laughs> give <laughs> Please, us that publicity. Yeah. I would take that publicity but any day. Long story short, he's standing for what he believes in. And I agree with that belief personally. And there was no reason for people to call for his head and basically say, fire this man. Yeah, I mean, no one does. I mean, people do do this on Twitter, but (laughs) like no one really blows what Steve Kerr says about the president out of proportion. He's very critical. Popovich, too. And it's never been that big of an issue because the main target audience for the NBA agrees with what, what is being said. So I don't see why this needs to be any different. Like, I you should be able to say what you want to say. But I think Adam Silver handled it very well in, in by not critiquing Maury, but also not outright, you know, not not showing support for mm. Hong Kong and everything. Yeah. Uh, here's one last person's perspective. It's um the new full owner of the Nets, Joseph Tai, or Sai, I don't know how to say his name, but he's a uh, co-founder of Alibaba, and he's... Chinese. I mean, that's where he's from, and that's, you know, he owns the team now. We were playing the Lakers. We had two games against them in China, and they ended up losing all attendance, and it was just played in an empty arena or something, or wasn't broadcasted. I forget what the whole thing was. But he said here that he would accept Maury's apology, but he said the hurt that this incident has caused will take a long time to repair. And he just said that, you know, the Chinese citizens stand united when it comes to the territorial integrity of China, blah, blah, blah. It's a big issue. I don't know enough to comment more about it, but it's interesting that people within the NBA as well are hurt by this. It's mm-hmm. not just because of the Chinese market and selling to them and like uh, promoting the sport there, but we have actual people who are involved in the sport directly of Chinese heritage, and they've taken offense to it. And it is a tough issue. You know, I, I don't... I believe, and I'm speaking against my owner here, but just saying that the Hong Kong tweet by Daryl Morey was totally fine, and in fact, he's taking a stand for a right, you know, and I, I, it's such a tough subject, but something that was great to end this episode on, because it has to be talked about, I know my dad was asking us to talk about it last week or two weeks ago, and we didn't get to it, but now that more has gone on, it's good that we... Got to well, say some things. The actual point of this too is to, to talk about Steph Curry. Steph yeah. is Hall of Famer. Is not, he Hall of Famer? So real quick, I say yes. So do I. So. I mean, like, <laughs> look at the rings. I I basically have points for both sides. I mean, good. Yeah. I, so I was say this is much of a debate. Going up, a, going page. up against LeBron every time, basically for the rings he won. And he won three of them. And he's arguably yeah three, two three three yeah, three. And he's yeah. arguably, if not like the greatest shooter of all time. I was gonna say that. I mean, there's. I don't think there's any argument there. Well, 
Ray Allen, I'd have up there. I, I've, I've talked about this before, and the more I've watched Steph, the more I think he is the best. And then it goes Ray Allen, Reggie Miller with Clay and four. I, I really, really like Ray Allen. I put him one and then Steph. I don't think so yet. And there's but still, our debate, if you're a top three shooter all time, you're a Hall of Fame. Exactly. And I, then my argument against him was that really it was just the team around him like oh, that, that I guess got true. him to win. And, and then looking at this last year, he's like, without Clay and Durant, he really couldn't get it done. But, but like, again, very on. limited. And then I was going to try and bring up, like, MVPs. But, mm. like, it's just, like... That's not going to win the MVP. I know. Uh, but, like, it's oh, just oh, a stupid... But he has an MVP award winner. Yeah, yeah. So... But, like... I'm pretty sure. I think. He hasn't won the finals MVP. He hasn't won the finals you know, MVP. In his That's three wins. Because it was yeah. KD, Iggy, and I forget the third one. But um, that was out of order as well. I don't remember. Who but got that one? That's a question for the viewers. We'll 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 check in a sec. But I would say MJ really just misspoke. I honestly think that's true. Or he's just trying to cause controversy. Another point he might be thinking of is just these old NBA players don't like these guys with small bodies and size. Even though I think Steph is quietly six two or six three, you know. But it's just those guys that play small ball and are shooting the three more. Hot take. Hot take to end the show. MJ said this so that it's a bigger marketing ploy when he says that Zion is a Hall of Famer oh. already. Oh, my. Like, like next, five years. Not even. Next year? next year this time. God. He's going to do it. Oof. Please, Boom. no. Wow, this was such a political and economically charged episode. And we did it in 50 minutes. And I'm very annoyed right now with sports. But I'm still going to watch. Of course. And we will be- you should listen and watch and... Tune in to yeah. both this episode when it's released, if you haven't heard it already or you're listening through now, yeah. as well as the Bob Ryan interview. And we will still see you Friday for some hockey. Yeah, we will. I'm going to go study for accounting and watch the Zionless Pelicans probably beat the Raptors. He's a good He's a whole thing. He might be. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see you later. All right. See you guys. Bye. Bye. Touching